Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. And by Sheward and Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. One of the things we like to do on this show is to introduce you to people who have businesses and occupations that you might not be aware of or that are, shall we say, out of the ordinary. In that regard, I think we might have outdone ourselves today. Rusty Wilson is a vermiculturalist, also known as a worm farmer. Yes, worms. Rusty has hundreds and thousands of red wigglers, African nightcrawlers and European nightcrawlers. Like a dairy farmer farms cows for milk or a sheep farmer farms sheep for wool, Rusty's worms themselves are not the crop. It's the worm castings or poop. In horticultural circles, worm poop is a highly regarded fertiliser and worm farming is, pound for pound, a pretty lucrative business. Rusty Wilson, vermiculturalist, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, thank you for having me. You might be thinking, well, that's about as odd as it's going to get. She couldn't find a business wackier than worm farming. How about a business where you don't have to do anything except show up and be yourself, much as you'd be, say, in your own home? That's what Joe Vidrine does for a living. Joe is a self-described professional Cajun. Joe makes appearances at venues across the country and around the world just doing Cajun stuff. He speaks, he plays music, cooks, takes photos, which is not strictly Cajun, but if a Cajun takes your photo in New England, maybe it's spicier. Joe Vidrine, professional Cajun, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. Rusty. Yes. Worm farming is a legit and pretty good business. You sell a five pound bag of worm poop online for $22.95. By comparison, on the Walmart website, a five pound bag of flour is $2.75, a five pound bag of sugar is $5.80, and at Home Depot, a 36 pound bag of organic nitrogen fertilizer is $12.67. So this worm poop is pretty high-end stuff. Who is looking online for worm poop? And who is happy to pay twenty two ninety five for a five pound bag of it? Who is your target market? Mostly, uh, it's people that are into rebuilding their soil. People that want to grow things organic, avoid the pesticides and you know the chemicals that come in the chemical fertilizers. The online price that you're seeing is uh, shipping included. That's where most of that cost is, actually. At the shows we do, we sell the, the five-pound bags for $8. But when you go to shipping heavy But it weights, takes a lot of worms to produce a five-pound bag of... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a whole process. Um, I can, in a five-gallon bucket over a two-week time span, I can, I can turn probably four pounds of, four pounds of castings. Uh, Castings is what weeks. you refer to them as rather than poop. 
Yeah. Or, yeah, well, I'll refer it to it so as much more grown worse up. than that in the past. But just, you know, but yeah. <laughs> Joe, I've only been living here for 15 years, so there's plenty of stuff I don't know. But because of my job, I've met more than my fair share of creative people with a wide range of occupations. And I have to tell you, even with all the people who can play an instrument, make boudin, or are passionate protectors of Cajun culture, from Marc Savoir to David Cheremy, I've never heard of anyone coming up with the idea of being a professional, paid, roaming ambassador. Do you think this is a generational thing? Are you the millennial version of Marc Savoir? Oh, whoa. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's just an honor to be kind of put in the same sentence as Marc Savoir and David. I mean, both people that I grew up with their kids and knowing them and, um, you know, they've done so much for the culture. And I guess as a generational thing, I could say that their generation, my parents and the people who came before me and my generation built a foundation to make it basically easier for myself or someone that wants to uh, continue our culture here and help our culture grow and do different things with it. So um, I guess a generational thing, sure, but it's just something that I'm passionate about. And, and your parents are both musicians? Both musicians. My mother's a folklorist and a teacher in the Lafayette Parish school system. Dad's a musician and uh, worked in the oil field his whole career. and. Uh, yeah, and they pass it on to me, and it's just something for me to be a steward of and bring on to the, the new generations coming, I guess, after me. You know? I'm not sure I'm going to manage many decent segues between the two of you today, so I'm just going <laughs> to no jump doubt. in with what I want to know. How do you collect worm castings, as we're now calling it? Well... I have a couple of different ways of doing it. Okay, can I just say, in my head, there's like a little thing like how you milk cows, and they all go in <laughs> no, lining, no, 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 no. and there's all these little tiny little cubicles. Please tell me it's not that. That's there. not it. That's not it. I don't know if you've ever watched the show. I, I haven't seen it. So People tell me it's a gold mining show where they have these huge trommels that turn, and they put their dirt and whatever, and they, this, as this thing turns, the gold, the stuff filters out and and the gold somehow falls through it's the same principle i have a huge trauma 14 foot long 10 foot around and I'll, I'll put their bedding in one end and it has a slight slope to it and as it turns so you don't put the worms in this yeah the worms and the bedding that they're in do the worms get dizzy no no they're perfectly fine that that's not the first time that's been asked either <laughs> <laughs> so uh but it, it's a two-stage process i've i have a quarter inch screen that um you know, drops through cocoons that I can, you know, put in a new bed, drops through the cocoons and, and stuff that wasn't composted. The eighth inch screen is, is fine enough that just the castings fall through there. I collect them in containers underneath and then, uh, you know, we store them and bag them for, for our shows and for anybody who wants to come by. Now, we know that Joe grew up immersed in this culture, so it was a natural progression for him. Did you grow up immersed in worms? <laughs> no, no. My grandmother had a, a worm bed and what, one of my favorite things to do as a young child was to go dig through the worm bed get you know get some fishing worms sorry, and go sorry. Fishing. What, a worm bed what yes. is a worm bed it, it well hers was uh, a wooden box on the ground full of cow manure um, that she kept moist and aerated and and so we always had you know, fishing worms ready to go so when I got grandkids I wanted to do the same thing and then it it just kind of I started reading about worms. Uh, I did not have any idea about a worm casting. Uh, the more I read, the more I wanted to read. Uh, I went to North Carolina State twice to to study vermiculture. Uh, it just became something I passionate. At my age, to get passionate about something is 
pretty special. And I just couldn't get enough. So it's, it's something that we're, my wife and I are both passionate about. And uh, never thought it would happen. She thought I was crazy as a loon when I told her what I wanted to do. But uh, it's really something that I'm setting up for something to do when I retire. Yeah, because you don't do this full-time no, yet. No, I have a full-time job too, yeah. So, uh, but I, there's enough people that want worm castings that it will eventually become... It, yeah, it's a, down south, uh, organic is just now starting to catch on. It's across the country, in different parts of the country, everybody's been organically minded for a while. Down south, we eat just about anything. And so the chemicals See, are not... See, there's a perfect segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, it, it seems the majority of the talking that we do at the shows is educating people that have never even heard of it. And almost everybody will try it. And everybody that tries it, I see them at the shows next year, the garden shows that we do. See, you're, you're setting up these perfect things for me. Joe, when you, where do you go to teach people about being Cajun? Tell me a typical, do you go to events? Do you, do you just show up and start just being Cajun? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't go in somewhere and say, hello, I'm the Cajun on campus. You know, it's just, it's just uh, I get invited as a musician a lot of times to festivals and cultural events um, in different states and, you know, even different countries. But, um, and usually it's, it's through, so I have, I call myself the freelance Cajun. So I have basically four things under that umbrella, which is photography, music as a musician, a Cajun, uh, Cajun musician. Uh, so I play indigenous music to Southwest Louisiana. I do food, so I do cultural exchange through food. And the other thing is culture. So, and that's the whole, that encompasses it all. So. And do you find these days, I mean, I've lived here for 15 years, as I said, and I think of it as this really kind of creative cultural place. But then I look at the rest of the country and they've seen certain TV shows about the area. Do you find that's enabled you to talk more about it because people know something that you have to maybe change their mind about or that they know less about it because of those shows? There's always the question of, are you swamp people, basically, <laughs> if I can say that on air. But it's... Um, it's you know that's not that's not what it is you know I go I go into places that people are familiar with Cajun culture because they've visited here or because of the fact that the community has such a, a, a broad reach Cajun music has gone to the west coast east coast midwest France further on than that so it's 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 been easy for me and that was what I mentioned in the beginning we have a foundation here for for building off of you know and um, it's it's really simple you know you go and just be yourself and do what you would do in your backyard and people enjoy it and love it and you know see uh, you both have a lot of common it's the things you do in your backyard that's it that's it, it, it you know so i mean it could go as far as vermiculture but what you grow in your yard what people grew in their yards a long time ago and it would it, you know, whether it be a pig or vegetables it all goes into gumbo you know whatever way. that's right so. <laughs> So, worm, is worm gumbo a possibility? No, <laughs> not, not in this country yet. But catfish cubion would work, and you can catch uh, catfish on a worm. There so. you go. It's all part of the same thing. <laughs> You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Rusty Wilson from the Acadiana Worm Farm and professional Cajun, Joe Vadreen. So, Joe, how do you explain, for somebody that doesn't know about the Cajun culture, what's your kind of introduction to it? Do you explain the history first, or do you explain where we are now? I mean, there's no classroom setting necessarily for it. I mean, I, I like to show up and, uh, and get a pot, a pot rolling, you know, and that always brings people in, a pot and some music, and, 
and you know just just create an environment for people to enjoy themselves and create conversation and it helps create that community that larger web of people that are connected together and then it you know that's how our culture grows and, and you know progresses on in the future so. <laughs> so let's talk business how do you both market what you do do you use traditional methods and you, you can buy this worm poop online how do you get customers how do they know where to go to find well I'm, I'm kind of self-taught my website is you know so-so I, I never do any, anything about building a website but I managed to work my way through that and I get a lot of customers through that but the majority of it's been through word of mouth uh, I speak to the master gardeners across the state, uh, the rose societies, you know, the, the folks that are, that, you know, kind of have like interests and um, they spread the, they actually spread the word for us. And then our customers, when, when, when we set up at the show the next year, the, the repeat customers are their first thing um, because we didn't know what to expect when we started this. And our first show, it was in Lake Charles. I wanted to make my $90 entry fee back and we ended up having to drive home after day one, back back to Lafayette, and re reload. Re you know, uh, it it had done real well. And the next year, we were more prepared. So when you go to a show, you obviously take your you know your product. Do you take the worms as well? Do you have favorite worms that you take with you? Or? Um, you know, for a while we took all three just to show people. But we're we're, we're more about promoting the castings and the organic growing than anything uh, and what but we bring them for the kids does, the kids want to play with the worm so i'll bring a little yes. you know, box what advantage worm. does worm castings have over traditional methods well th there's uh, so many differences the the uh some of the primary things is that it puts the nutrients back in your soil that we've been stripping out you know for years and years and years using chemical fertilizers uh, you know the salt in that stuff just kills all the all the microbes in your soil if you if you think about going into a forest where nobody ever uses chemical fertilizers, it's all natural decay. It's, it's full of beneficial bacteria, uh, fungi, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of uh, diverse microbes. Stuff that we've kind of leached out of our soil over the years. So you're just taking what nature does and kind of concentrate doing it yeah, deliberately that's right that's right and and uh, you know people like to talk about their gardens and stuff and and if they tell me i have i have tons of worms in my garden i said then you don't you don't need this they're already doing the job i mean they're doing the job you know th that i'm trying to promote with the castings they're 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 dropping castings all through your garden all the time and the way that i mean i've managed to promote or do any kind of advertising is uh, largely through social media um it's free it's there and it's part of our time as much as we like it or or hate it you know it's uh, instagram and facebook are there and, and do like you have a plan or is it just you wake up in the morning or do you actually have a kind of a plan in place for the next it's six not weeks? really curated or anything in any way so it's it started i worked for the bayou vermilion district uh in lafayette for a long time so that's the the organization tasked with cleaning and abating litter in the in the bayou and doing water quality management and what I was doing was I had the cell phone the whole time so I was taking photographs of problems or beautiful things in the in the river and in the bayou that that people that that regularly wouldn't see that that drive over it every day on pinhook and see it as a as a ditch or a drainage way but never thought of it as a navigable waterway or a place where commerce was done in, in the past and this and that and the other so it came to light and that kind of introduced me to 
wow, this is actually reaching people in my community. So Instagram has always been something. And it's so simple, once or twice a week, you know, you post something on Instagram, take a picture of some worms or whatever it may be, you know. This generation is really good. I'm terrible with social media. And it's, and it's really almost critical now to marketing. And I think I would follow stuff. a worm account on, on Instagram. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely yeah. Well, yeah, you just have to have time and the knowledge of how to do all that, all that stuff. And, and it's something I need to focus on because I, I attempted to do a uh, – GoFundMe page or a Kickstarter or something uh, at one point, and uh, about a week into it, I had to go donate myself a dollar to make sure it was working. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I just don't have the social media presence to yeah. draw in that that much attention. So, so Joe, you have a social media presence. Who pays you? Do you have an agent? How how do people book you? How do they know where you are? Well, you can find me through the internet. It's a lot of word of mouth. You know, just the same way I'm I'm at the at the at the beginning of this you know it's 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 so I'm trying to I have so many jobs basically as a my primary thing is a photographer and I work as a photographer's assistant so I have a set few commercial photographers and lifestyle and food photographers that I work for and do a, a you know a specific skill set for them I'm also a musician that I've been doing my whole life and touring with bands and kind of an on-call uh, musician for Cajun bands everywhere um, and but it's it's all word of mouth and it's just starting for me so I don't know how to answer that in particular but I do have a website freelancecajun.com that people can get in touch with me and through Facebook Joseph Vadreen and you know however it works out you know I feel like in five years time we'll have you both back and see how business wise <laughs> yeah. you changed Rusty and Joe this is part of the show that we call another great idea Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got that great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity that you should jump on now. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have turned out really great. Or you can take that friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had that great idea for you did you take their advice and how did it turn out you know I can't think of a particular piece of advice maybe more of a life lesson but my my dad taught me when I was young said be consistent two words be consistent and it didn't make a lot of sense to me you know at the time but now you know I've applied that through my life and if you're consistent in whatever you're doing, then people understand where they under, they know where they stand with you at all times. Great thing is that's actually the first rule of using social media as well is Thanks be consistent. So I think you're going to be a natural. <laughs> Maybe I should apply that yeah, to, to my social yeah. media. It's easy. It's easy. I've had so many great mentors and people, role models in my in my life that have just passed on all of the good advice that they possibly could, and you know just to be confident in what I'm doing and to create a good product no matter what it is whether it be boudin or smoked sausage or a photograph that's going to hang on someone's wall or go on a social media page you know it's not every everything that you that you post that's going to be the most the most amazing thing so you know it's it's just just do the right thing do you know do good work you know or you know however it may work out all right, I have to come back. I have more questions about worms. I'm sorry. 
Where do you get the worms? I know there's certain breeds of worms that are better than others for this. So do you buy the worms? Did you find them originally in your garden? Did you raise them from baby worms yourself? or All, all of the above, actually. Uh, the, the, first time, the first time I ordered worms was just a you know, pound of red wigglers. That's when you just interest go to like Amazon and Google worms. Yeah, yeah, that's all you do. Then I learned about African night crawlers. They they process things much faster than the other two species, and so but I. But the European night crawlers are way cooler, right? Oh, oh, yeah. I guess that you would think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> they are the best fishing worm. Yes, but um, yeah, and I learned about this species and that species, and I've learned a lot through trial and error. So you obviously, whenever you talk about your worms, there's this little smile. You obviously greatly appreciate them. Do you still use them for fishing? <laughs> you know what? Yes. <laughs> I do, but I have to tell you, I feel bad every time I put one on the hook. <laughs> now, do you feel bad because that's slightly lost income from not having their castings or because you're getting the worm? It, it's funny. I never, I never thought about it till I took some out. My neighbor has a pond, and I went to fish, and, and both things actually crossed my mind. But, but more than anything, it was like, man, this is, you've, been feeding this, you've been feeding these worms for you know, four years now. But uh, anyway... Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of different. Joe, where do you see this going? Can you like, tell us about five or ten years' time? What will your Cajunness be like? Will, you, will, you, will your accent change? Will you become more Cajun? Uh, well, that comes and goes. You, know, I can, you can turn I it can, on? It, it turns on and off, yeah. So um, I, I guess that would be a sort of decoding for certain people. You know, when I'm with my friends, it's... It comes on strong. If I'm if I've got a microphone in front of me, it turns off a little bit more. So, um, but it's it you know I, I'm never gonna find myself being more Cajun or not. You know that's not what it is. I just I just aim to be as genuine as possible with the people that I surround myself with. Um, and why do you think it's important that this area has ambassadors that reaches out to the rest of the country and the rest of the world? Just. To benefit this area, really, my goal, I guess, going into college, I went in and studied environmental science and environmental quality, learned nice. about vermiculture, nice. learned about it all. Um, and what I learned in college wasn't necessarily the science part, wasn't necessarily the biology and this and that and the other. It was more about the humanity and the people and how to learn and how to, how to be a part of a community. And I think that just, you know, giving back to this area and giving back to the people that I came from and the, my ancestors and however it may be and just to be able to pass that on as a better place. I think I everyone's want. searching for their real identity in all sorts of areas. And Absolutely and this is a time in, in our country and in our world that you know I find that I can do that and young people can do that and I encourage everybody to do that and to do something like uh, like vermiculture, do something different, a little bit outside of the box, not the nine regular nine to five, maybe nine at nine to five in the morning. <laughs> you know, sometimes what my schedule is. So, and do you think that's where the world's going, where we all have kind of jobs that fit us a lot better, and we all have different schedules rather than leaving college, going to work for the man, you know, whoever that man is. I couldn't couldn't tell you where the world's going, but uh, I hope I hope it's going in that direction. You know, that it provides you a freedom and it provides you. Uh, you know, it's it's better for your soul to be able to work for yourself and find something that works for you and your schedule and your family and however it may work. So five years, I don't know. Ten years, I don't know. But eventually I want to 
have a grocery store in downtown Lafayette and make boudin, you know, have people <laughs> over for coffee in the morning. And because I believe in this community, I believe in it growing and, you know, moving on into the future, having something like that and having a just something that brings community together. I keep saying that, but it's it's important to me. It's it's huge to me, you know, having having my people around me. And Rusty, your plans are to have an entire worm community. Yes, but let me piggyback off of something he said. I've lived all over the country, uh, you know, with with my work and different things. But when I got a job here, twenty some odd years ago, my wife hadn't moved here yet. She said, "So how is it?" I'd been here a week. I said, if I have to flip hamburgers for a living, this is where I'm going to be because of community, because I would go to a festival and I'd see grandpas and grandchildren dancing and brother and sister dancing, and it's not, it's not like anywhere else that I've ever been. So I understand where you're coming from community-wise. There's no shortage of colourful characters in Acadiana, and there's a similar steady supply of people with fascinating ideas and clever businesses. But even with all that, worm farming and professional Cajunism have got to be right up there with the most eccentric modes of Acadian self-employment. Gentlemen, it's been great to meet you. This has been a lot of fun, and I wish you continued success in your very personally driven professional exploits. Thank you Thank both you. for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Rusty Wilson, co-owner of Acadian Worm Farm, and Joe Vadreen, professional Cajun. You can find out more about Rusty's worms and Joe's Cajun exploits by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researcher is Anne Christian. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at our websites krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. 
Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Collie Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.